Hi, fans. Come on in. Another edition of In the Red Zone, the exclusive podcast of the RVA Sports Network. Uh, about 24 hours later than we had hoped. Uh, some technical issues and others as well, which we'll get into here on the program. I'm listening to the uh, last parts of a thunderstorm now moving through the RVA. Uh, hit the western part of the uh, area about 5 or so and is moving through now as we're recording at about 6.30. Uh, on this Wednesday evening. So glad you are with us. Coming up, conversations with Kevin Tucker, head football coach at Thomas Dale High School, as they get set for the 2021 season. They have a uh, 10 a.m. scrimmage with Highland Springs on Thursday, and their regular season begins in two weeks at Cosby before getting ready for the Battle of Chester against L.C. Bird September 2nd. We'll also have a discussion with Joe Mullinax, the brand-new head coach at Deep Run High School, who has Richmond ties, once an assistant uh, over in Mechanicsville at um, the former Lee Davis High School, and very excited about getting back into the RVA and, and really making his uh, presence known and putting his stamp on the Wildcat program. It was great to spend a few minutes with him uh, during practice, or actually really just before practice. Guys were uh, limbering up before they were getting ready to go in, and then they had a lightning delay, and that was on Tuesday. So hopefully they were able to get out after the storm and get at it. They open, of course, at home on the 26th of Thursday night against Mechanicsville, and that will be heard live and exclusively on the RVA Sports Network online. On our, oh, well, let me not say that yet. I'm not sure exactly which platform we're going to be on, but we'll be online, and wherever it is, it will, of course, be at rvasportsnetwork.com. Old habits die hard. Oh, boy. Our rvasportsnetwork.com, of course, is where you will be able to hear the game. You'll also be able to hear our first edition of High School Football Friday nights on our new radio home, Rejoice 101.3 FM and 990 AM. Uh, That's coming up Friday night, August the 27th. And we put on a poll on Twitter over the weekend uh, with four possibilities, with uh, Thomas Dale Cosby being one of them, Louisa Huguenot, Prince George Douglas Freeman, and Matoica Glenn Allen asking you where you'd like to see our debut take place uh, two weeks from Friday night. Votes were cast. Uh, The Prince George Douglas Freeman game got the most votes, followed by Matoica Glenn Allen. And thanks to all who voted. But we have made our decision, and it is time to make it official. Uh, For our first radio broadcast on Rejoice 101.3 FM and 990 AM, and of course it will also be heard live on the RVA Sports Network online at rvasportsnetwork.com. Also, rejoicerichmond.com. And you're going to be able to listen to us this year for the first time on Alexa. All you have to do on Friday nights is say, Alexa, Play Rejoice 101.3. And Alexa will tune in to our Friday night broadcast. Pre-game at 6.30. We kick at 7. And we will be at Glen Allen High School as the Warriors of Matoica begin their first season in Class 4. Coming up to take on Perry Jones's Jaguars, who are one of 12 teams in the revamped Class 5 Region C, and a team a lot of people are looking at that may be able to, now that there's a couple of different teams out of the picture uh, in terms of Verina, Matoica, Henrico, Atley, all moving out of 5 down to Class 4 into that crowded Class 4 Region B. 
it kind of opens up an opportunity, especially in the west end of Henrico. And in a moment, you'll hear me talk with Coach Mullinax about this, that it's going to get kind of crazy when we get into October and all the West End teams are playing against each other. It's it, There could be a situation, and I think it will be, we get to week 9, 10, 11. There are going to be games where the winner may be out and the loser may be at The winner may be in and the loser may be out uh, of postseason play there. 5C with 12 teams and eight playoff positions. So, you know, you think to yourself, you know, Bird won in five last year. Are they going to rebound? Meadowbrook winless last year. Are they going to get a chance to rebound? Uh, you've got over on uh, the Chesterfield side of things, Midlothian looking good last year, promising, building something. So is Clover Hill. They they feel like that they kind of underperformed in the spring season, and they're ready to prove that they can get into the upper echelon. Prince George wants to repeat, even with a coaching change, to get up there. And Hermitage wants everybody to know that they're not going anywhere in spite of the resignation of David Bedwell. Uh, they hope to be right back in there fighting as well. And, of course, Highland Springs is the cream of the crop right now in that region until otherwise noted. Manchester's gone up to six. Verina's gone down to four. And so it, it's it's two things. Number one, it kind of clears the way for Highland Springs to be the clear preseason favorite in that region. But by the same token, it also clears the decks a bit for the teams like Deep Run and Glen Allen and, and others. Douglas Freeman, certainly. Prince George, certainly. Uh, to, to, to try to take their best shot and, and become, you know, the one that's going to, to rise to the occasion and challenge the Springers, uh, you know, come November. So it's going to be a very interesting season in Class 5 Region C. So we will start on Staples Mill Road at Glen Allen when the Matoica Warriors come in to take on the Jaguars. And again, that'll be on Friday night, the 27th. So our first week, our Week 1 broadcast lineup is official Thursday night, live, exclusively online on the RVA Sports Network, Mechanicsville at Deep Run. And then on Friday night, the 27th, both on rvasportsnetwork.com and on Rejoice 101.3 FM and 990 AM on their website, as well as through Alexa. You can hear Matoica at Glen Allen. On our next podcast, we will announce our uh, second and final, for now, exclusive online football broadcast so far for 2021, which will be taking place on Thursday night, September the 2nd. That'll be on the next edition of In the Red Zone. Real quick, before we get to Coach Tucker and Coach Mullinax, I do want to talk very quickly about a couple of other things. Number one, go Chesterfield softball. They are down in Greenville, North Carolina at a beautiful stadium there, Stalling Stadium. We were there a couple of years ago. Uh, covering Atley Little League in a regional championship game. Greenville, of course, the home of East Carolina University, not far from where the rest of my family lives, down in the New Bern area. And they got started with a big win over Missouri at the Little League World Series of Softball on Wednesday. So they'll continue in pool play there. Congratulations to them for a good start. And a shout-out to the Glen Allen boys at the Cal Ripken 10U World Series, they go 3-1 and one in pool play. And as we record this podcast on Wednesday night, they are playing uh, the Northeast winner in the first game of the single elimination bracket. So rooting on Glen Allen there at the Cal Ripken 10U World Series. On rvasportsnetwork.com, you can see the official statement right now from the Virginia High School League released on Wednesday, which discusses 
uh, a clarification of sorts in terms of guidance for how non-instructional activities are going to occur in Virginia public schools as it pertains to, of course, COVID-19. You can read their statement right now at rvasportsnetwork.com. That's rvasportsnetwork.com. You can expect that uh, there's going to be definite guidelines for indoor events. So this would affect volleyball and competition cheer, <clears throat> excuse me, here in the fall season. Uh, things could be a little looser for football, field hockey, and golf, and cross country. Um, but you need to keep an eye on your locality, bottom line, uh, if you're not sure if you're going to be able to you know, attend a, a game or a meet or that sort of thing. Easiest thing to do is tell your, your kid, your student athlete, to talk to their coach and find out what, what the rules and regs are going to be, if there are any type of things such as, you know, you can come to a cross-country meet, but if you're a spectator, you may have to wear a mask. We don't know. And it's going to be different from different localities, okay? So this is something that's going to take some time for the coaches this year if the Delta variant continues to surge because you may have a meet in Hanover that's treated differently from a meet in Chesterfield, for example as we're seeing kind of mask mandate situations differ from locality to locality. But the bottom line is we hope that we're able to get the seasons in. Now, the positivity rate, which you know that we're big on in terms of that barometer of what's happening, uh, up down to 7.5%. That's 7.5%. Uh, and, and we want to see that level off and start to go back down as soon as possible. So we're keeping a sharp eye on that, as we mentioned last week here on the podcast right now, no plans from any of the localities in the area to make any changes or, or cancellations or, or postponements of any events. The biggest thing that the sports teams are currently dealing with now is this mini heat wave we're experiencing this week and the storms that are rolling through right about the time a lot of teams are trying to practice, especially football and field hockey. Good luck to all the field hockey teams Thursday heading down to River City Sportsplex for the big preseason jamboree. That's always going to be fun. Always a good time, but boy, it's going to be hot. Oh boy, on that surface. It gets really, really wild on that synthetic turf. So everybody going down there, make sure, <clears throat> excuse me, that you hydrate and hydrate well. We're going to try to get to a couple of different football uh, scrimmages here in the next day or two if all things work out fine and hope to have more conversations with more coaches here as we rev up in the red zone and get ready for the start of the 2021 season. Speaking of which, on Tuesday, had a chance to run down to Chester and sit down with Thomas Dale head football coach Kevin Tucker followed by a trip right on up to 95 and back over to 295 and Deep Run High School, my second destination to meet and talk with Joe Mullinax, the new head coach of the Wildcats. And let's hear those conversations right now. The Red Zone in beautiful Chester, Virginia, getting ready for the 2021 football season. Finally, head football coach Kevin Tucker and Thomas Dale with us here in the Red Zone. Coach, does it now kind of feel a little bit more normal that it's August and you're riding in and the guys are in the waiting room, you're getting ready for practice and after such a, a, a crazy last year and a half or so, it's got to feel good. 
Yeah, because uh, we're already getting our, our weather delays and the trainer's telling me today, I've been on the phone with him all day, that we're in the red or the black zone and might not be able to go out. And you're like, oh gosh, that was one nice thing about the spring. There was never any question about uh, the heat getting to you and not being able to go outside. So um, it is nice being back in the, uh, the heat of August. And uh, as I tell the kids every day, you know, we're practicing the sweating in the heat so we can play in the cold. There you go. That's exactly right. Coach, with this Delta variant, I know that you and all officials in Chesterfield County are, are, are watching it very, very closely. Is there anything that you tell your guys in terms of just, you know, good ideas, good practices off the field so that they know that they'll be okay and they can be here for practice and they can be here for the season? Uh, very similar to the spring. I think all of us um, coaches in the area are probably giving the same message to their kids, you know. We're going to sacrifice for the next three or four months in order to have the ultimate payout. And if you can do that for the next three or four months, you know, we're going to have a successful football season, meaning that we're going to get to play our 10 games, um, hopefully go to the playoffs, and then who knows, maybe even be playing into late December, um, which means sacrificing things like hanging out in crowded malls. Mm -hmm. I told them, I said, you can go to the mall, but make sure you mask up. Um, you know, if, if your buddies are all having, you know, get togethers and whatever, I said, just make sure it's outdoors and, you know, try to try to be smart about where you're at, who you're around. And, um, you know, don't put yourself in a situation that's going to cost you or your team um, any playing time. Coach, you've been here now as head coach. Gosh, help me now. How many seasons Since is 2010. This will be uh, year uh, 11. Year 11. What's changed the most for you in terms of your time here at Thomas Dale from start to now? <laughs> Um, the, the, the coronavirus kind of changed oh, everything. Right. <laughs> um, as far as preparation and, and things like that and how we approach things, um, back in 2010 when I took over, um, you know, it was everybody who kind of did the same thing. You had a little bit of off-season workouts. You, you uh, mainly stuck in the weight room, a little bit outside, you know, maybe two, maybe three days a week if you were, if you were great at good weather. Um, but as we've gone on, um, you know, around 2015, 16, you start seeing a big shift in a lot of these players, you know, dedicating, you know, from January all the way through July with you in the weight room, but also getting outside three days a week and, um, you know, doing football activities. Um, you know, you can't wear pads or whatever, but at the same time, you're out there doing your 707s, your linemen are doing skill work. Um, so that's been a huge change um, from where football, I think, used to be maybe 150 days kind of a, a year kind of job. Now it's a 365 day a year job. Yeah. Um, as far as the, the way the coronavirus has affected us, you know, um, in the locker rooms. I know last year, all of Chesterfield County, and I'm pretty sure all the counties around us, you couldn't use your locker rooms. I mean, you pretty much showed up kind of like Little League. You, the kids had their pads and their shoulder pads and, you know, they just walked out to the field. You practice, after practice, they walked and got in their cars and went home. Um, this year, they are allowing us to at least go and drop our stuff off in the locker rooms. Um, but still not hanging out in there. And I, I kind of miss that, that noise, that laughter, that togetherness that a locker room brings. So hopefully, um, you know, one day that we'll, we'll all get back to that sense of normalcy. Hopefully so. Um, the spring was so, it was great to be able to have a spring season. By the same token, there, it felt like you were like going through a minefield. And we saw teams that had to pause and, and you know, what happened with Manchester in the postseason. And, and kind of the running narrative I had throughout the season was, how are coaches handling, A, the unusual nature of the year, B, uh, giving their seniors a chance to play one more time, thank goodness, but 
also, did you kind of use the spring to look ahead in, in this most unusual way, to, to look at your freshmen, your sophomore, your juniors, the guys would, who would be here coming up in 2021 in the fall? Um, I don't want to use the term audition, but how did you kind of you know, plan and scope and handle that? Well, number one, uh, we, we graduated a ton two years ago. Chris Tyree, Josiah Williams, yeah. um, and that crew, TJ Minard, Burke Snow. I mean, I think we had out of that senior class, like, I think it was 13 or 14 guys go play college football. So uh, we, we lost a ton, and, and I kind of joked around that the, the fall was going to be a rebuilding year for Thomas Dale. We, we had been pretty successful. I think at that time we were like seven years in a row with at least, or maybe eight years in a row with at least nine wins, mm-hmm. you know, deep into the playoffs several times. And, um, you know, getting getting to that point of the fall, knowing the football wasn't going to be around, gave my sophomores and my freshmen a chance to get a little more size on them, to get a little more experience out on the field, you know, running our routes, running our system. And, you know, going into the spring, you know, people asked, you know, how are you going to be, Coach? And I said, well, if we would have played in the fall, I'd say, you know, we might be lucky to be 500. But by the time spring rolled around, I thought, you know, we had a good chance at, at making a little run in the playoffs because of the experience. So, um, that was huge for us to have that, that spring season, um, allowing those guys to, to get a chance to play in the playoffs. I mean, when you play Oscar Smith, you're playing a potential state champion every year. I mean, that's just you know how it is. And I think our kids, the young kids especially, you know, that was the first time on that big stage, um, they saw what it's going to take to get back there, and then they saw what it's going to take to actually win. Um, so, you know, we take that um, with us in this offseason and really worked hard in the weight room. and. Um, you know, putting the time in on the field now. Speaking of the region, Class 6 Region A, exit Tallwood, enter a familiar foe, even though you don't play them in the regular season, but Manchester back after two years in Class 5. And, of course, you mentioned Oscar Smith, who has just been lights out here the last couple of years. Um, how much time during the regular season do you devote to kind of looking at what's going on in the region, considering that there's only three other Chesterfield schools in the region um, and you're kind of in an island on your own in the Central District in terms of regular season scheduling. How much time do you kind of look at things and see how things unfold? Well, you, you got to pay attention to who you might play in the playoffs. Um, but like I tell our kids week in and week out, we have to go 1-0 because, you know, our seeding in the playoffs is so, so important. Um, two years ago, we went into the playoffs as a third seed. Um, and, you know, we had a first-round home game. Um, had a battle, and then the second round, you know, had to get on the bus and travel back down to Virginia Beach. Yep. Um, came out victorious, and then turned around the following week and traveled back down to Chesapeake. And I think that takes a toll on your team having to do that traveling in the playoffs. So, you know, like I said, you're you're shooting for some home field advantage when you get to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you want to see what Manchester's doing. You want to see what um, Ocean Lakes is doing. Want to see what Oscar Smith's doing. Um, you know, Franklin County and so forth. And you know. You're crunching the numbers last year. I know I was looking at them, and we were fortunate enough to have an undefeated season. I think it was the first time since, like, 2003 that we had had one. And I was like, oh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. And uh, we had some losses in that last week of the season to some teams we had beat that cost us a number one seed. Yeah. Like I said, we had to go on the road. And I don't know that it would have had a huge difference because we were so young, but it definitely would have helped not having to get on a bus and travel for two hours versus, you know, playing in the confounds here at, uh, you know, in Chester, you of know, course, it's, just, it's one of those special places where the community rallies around you. So, looking ahead, tell me just uh, just a few of the guys that have stood out so far in practice, and uh, guys that Knights fans are going to be rooting for here come fall in just a few weeks. Well, you got uh, third year uh, running back Jordan Branchback. 
Um, Jordan filled in nicely for Chris Tyree in his uh, sophomore year when Chris went down with an ankle injury. Right. Um, last year, Jordan himself suffered an ankle injury, so he missed most of the uh, the spring season, um, which allowed Brandon Rose to kind of come out of nowhere. And um, we, we knew Brandon was special as a freshman watching him play JV. And then uh, this past spring, you know, he really turned it on and, um, you know, he was one of the, the, the bright spots that I said is coming back next year. And we've, uh, we've kind of put the monkey on his back and, and put that number four on him because those are some Ooh. big shoes to live up to. Um, but like I told him, I said, you're not trying to be Chris Tyree. You're trying to be Brandon Rose. Um, but just because you have four and you don't think you have to, uh, to slack, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to wear number four, you're going to be the man. Um, of course, on offense, Tyler Lineberger returns on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler's bringing along um, four new faces, and that's the, the big question mark for Thomas Dale. What is our offensive line going to be like? Um, you know, we're, we're looking at some young guys. Aiden Jones uh, last year played several downs, um, you know, especially late into the playoffs when we had some injuries on our line. And um, Aiden's a sophomore. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. You know, he's one of those big son-of-a-guns who's very athletic. His brother Seamus is at BMI. Um, on the other side of the line, um, you got uh, Malachi Madison returning, and you know Malachi is, is an ultimate team player. He's he's turned in the 44 that he wears weekly, and he's decided to strap on 53 and play that offensive tackle, and and you know go out there and play both sides of the ball because he said you know coach we're going to do whatever it takes to get us ready to win games. Um, and like I said, we got some other young faces coming along. We got a freshman, um, you know, that's battling in there. Got a, a junior, uh, JoJo Gilliam, who's who's been really tough in camp. So, like I said, I'm excited to see how the offensive line comes together. Um, junior Chase Aslett returns as well. Another big son of a gun, 6'3", 270. Um, so, we got some size. It's just unproven. we got to find out what they can do. Um, now, our skill positions are full of kids returning. Donovan Woods, um, been playing with us since a freshman year. Yep. Had a hamstring injury last year, but I expect him to have a huge breakout year this year. Um, you're going to see Donovan heavily involved in our offense. Um, whether it's taking handoffs, catching passes, throwing passes, you never know what Donovan's going to do. He's just one of those um, all-around athletes who can do kind of a little bit of everything for us. Kion Turner returns as well. Kion had a pretty good season in the spring. Uh, I think he caught three or four touchdowns for us um, and you know made some big play capabilities against um, Prince George, had a big touchdown to put us up right before halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Seaborn, he, he's, our, he's our Chris Tyree of the, the future now. Um, he's only a sophomore, but he's already clocking in in the low 4440s. And uh, Jacob can stretch the field, man. He, he's one of those unique athletes that anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to score because, like I said, he can stretch the field and, and put defenders in, in tough situations. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, man, we return nine starters. Um, defense is where our going to carry us early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the strength of that team on that side of the ball, of course, is led by up front by four seniors. Um, we got KJ anchoring the line. KJ returns. He's a big old old school nose tackle. He's only about six foot, three hundred and twenty pounds, but the son of a gun is strong as an ox. Uh, Malachi Madison, of course, returns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be announcing his decision where he's going to school here in just a few weeks. But like I said, he's going to demand double teams, and those two guys anchoring the middle force is a, is a force to be reckoned with. Um, Tyler Lineberger also switching over and going to play some on the other side of the ball. So we've got three really big bodies that can that can handle the inside force. Um, at the end positions, you got Jaleel Dowd and Jerry Newby coming back. Um, both of those guys played a, um, started and played a ton for us last year, so we're excited to see their progression as now seniors, another year in the weight room, another year more experience. Again, just excited to have those guys back. Um, our linebacking core is very strong. Um, Brandon Karamasada 
um, was a uh, all-region selection last year. Brandon, um, and as a sophomore, was you know flying sideline to sideline. This year as a junior, he's added about 10 more pounds of muscle, so he's about 6'2", 195 now. And like I said, he's playing like a reckless, you know, with reckless abandonment out there. Um, in the middle, uh, Maddox Lee returns after an ACL tear. And uh, we definitely missed him in the middle last year. And having him return to the middle linebacker position gives us some uh, – some a mentality on that defense that we've we've not had since probably back in the early 2000s when guys like Drake Evans wore that number 30. Mm. And uh, when you stick number 30 on somebody on our defense, it usually means he's the guy that wants to to knock heads and, and be the be the, the tough man out there on the field. Um, at the other outside linebacker position, um, you've got a transfer from Prince George. Um, he moved into one of the neighborhoods over here. It's Stephon Hicks. Um, Stephon's been a two-year starter for them. Um, so he's fit in real nicely with our with our um, defense. Um, Stefan can can you know he he basically fills in for Seamus, who was three years all state that position, and we think he's going to pick up right where Seamus left off. And then our secondary, Errol Washington returns. Errol, you know, last year had a huge breakout year for us as a sophomore, and this year we're going to put him on an island and, and have him lock up the other team's best receivers. And um, Sean Crawford returns along with Zakon Wallace at safeties. And both of those two guys had a great, um, you know, junior season. They're seniors, and they've had a ton of experience playing against big, big town competition. Um, and then on the outside corner, the other um, non-starter returning is Trey Knight, and uh, Trey has turned in a tremendous off-season. Um, he's probably going to commit to like a Hampton Sydney or Randolph Macon, but the kid has really worked hard um, to put himself in position to be the other corner for us. And like I said, him and Maddox come in as the only two non-starters back from last year, and. We're excited to see those two guys fill in and, and, like I said, make us a solid 11. Defense from the word go, no doubt, Coach. Um, I know you're not thinking about Cosby, your opener, yet because you've still got some practices and some scrimmage situations coming up. What's on the docket here before the opener on the 27th? So we scrimmage Highland Springs on Thursday, and, um, you know, Lauren always has a team that's going to be competing for state championships in Division Five. Yep. So that's going to be a great test for us early on, especially that offensive line, and see how far along they've come since the start of camp and really since the start of um, the end of the spring season. Um, those young guys are going to be battle-tested um, after Cosby, I mean, after Cosby, but before Cosby, because – as soon as we finish playing Man um, Highland Springs, we play Manchester the following Thursday. <laughs> so we're playing two teams that are, uh, I, I see, first 4C going deep into November, mm -hmm. um, possibly even December. So, like I said, we'll be battle-tested by the time we get on the field with Cosby. Um, two really good coaches, two really good teams that we're going to be scrimmaging, um, and two really good tests for the Knights to see how we, uh, we're going to shake out this year. And that's by design, correct? You seek out those circumstances and opportunities. Yeah, a few years ago, you know, I think Lauren and I have been scrimmaging since my second year here. So that's just a good scrimmage. He and I enjoy working with each other, and there's never any rift or, you know, arguing or going on. It's like I said, it's a great competition. We're not going to see it in regular season, but it still gives us both good work. We're a little more old school downhill, and you know, he likes to see some of that too. So his kids see what it's like to, to play an old school football team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Manchester, Tom and I are from the same blood. You know, we're, he's an old bird guy and I'm an old Dale guy. So, you know, it's that same smack you in the mouth defense. Um, we spread you out to run the ball um, kind of mentality. But like I said, it's, uh, it's fun to play that, that group over there. And, um, you know, we're excited. We're just we're excited to have that. A couple of years ago, People thought I was crazy for signing up Hermitage when Colonial Heights dropped us. Um, you know, this year we had Granby drop us, and I signed up um, Henrico. Right. Because, like I said, you know, you got to play the teams who are better in your area 
if you want to proceed in the playoffs to, to be able to beat the Oscar Smiths, the Manchesters, the, the Franklins, the um, Ocean Lakes. So if you don't test yourself in the regular season or even the scrimmages, how are you going to get to that point and have your kids ready to play late into November? And on top of that, strength of schedule when we get to week 9, 10, 11, and we're crunching those playoff numbers, you need those opponents to get those wins in their own district play because it does help you in terms of playoff position. Yeah, like I said earlier, you know, last year, the last week of the season, we were uh, – we were the number one seed, I thought, going into the playoffs, and uh, we had some upsets that night to some teams we had played, and I was thinking to myself, how the world this happened, and, you know, just got outpointed. And, again, not that it would have changed anything because we were a very young team, but it definitely would have helped to have that home field advantage throughout <laughs> the playoffs. And uh, that's where we're going to go. Like I said, we're going to go this week and um, get ready for Highland Springs, and then hopefully next week Manchester, and then, like I said, get ready for uh, Cosby. Pete's going to have those guys ready to roll. Yes, he is. That's a course opener Friday night, August 27th, that game at Cosby. Kevin Tucker, head football coach at Thomasdale, always a pleasure to take a moment and spend time chatting with you. Looking forward to the season, and we will see you down the road. All right, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Look forward to the uh, opening week. A new day, a new era for deep run football, and very excited to welcome head coach Joe Mullinex to the RBA after a successful stint up north at Brentsville District High School. Coach, you getting settled in? How are things going for you? It's been a crazy summer. You know, I got the job May 17th, and it's as we record this, August 10th. So less than three months ago, I was I was still coaching at a different school. But, you know, the kids are working really hard. I've got a great coaching staff. I'm down here permanently now. Uh, we moved down here a couple weeks ago for, for, for permanent. Don't have to battle I-95 anymore, which <sighs> saves us a ton of time and energy, to say the least. Plus, my hair will stay in, but I'm losing slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah, you're one and oh there, you know? Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. I, I've defeated 95 at least. That's exactly right. So you check them off the list yes, and move sir. forward. Uh, a lot of people understand, you know, the graduation losses here. Well, what a very special class of 2021 for yes, Deep sir. Run. But there's a lot still in the cupboard. And I'm sure when you walked in and saw what you had, you had to be excited. Absolutely. You know, I, I've been interested in this job a long time going all the way back to 2015 when Coach Hornick uh, got it. Um, it's a great school, great faculty, great administration. Dr. Mm -hmm. Fellows and Coach Kidd do a phenomenal job out here. And I was really interested in the school and, and the location, you know, even more so than the football, because I, I teach as well. So it's an opportunity as a teacher to come into the building for the first time in several years, a deep run. It's also the football coach and, and you know, kind of recruit a little bit in the building and that sort of thing and, and get those kids out that, that haven't maybe played in the past. But in terms of the team right now, the kids, like I said earlier, they're working extremely hard. They bought in in a remarkably fast way and a quick way. That's what we're trying to do. And they understand that if we're going to win, you know, even our seniors are inexperienced. Even our seniors are kids that haven't played a ton. So whether it's a Victor Suarez who's going to play some uh, slot receiver for us, a little bit of running back and corner. Kendall Hummer is probably our most experienced player. He started as a sophomore on that 10-0 regular season team. Uh, those two kids are probably our most experienced players. And beyond that, it's, it's kids that played spot minutes here and there. So it really is going to be a, a learning experience for a lot of these kids. And they're going to have a chance to play more than they've ever played before. They're going to have an opportunity to, to have roles and step into opportunities that they've never been asked to do. And it's a great chance to learn and grow together. That's what a, that's been a central message of camp so far, is learning and growing and getting better together. And the kids have really bought into that so far. So everybody loves to find out about a head coach's philosophy. Sure. So what is the philosophy of Coach Mullinax? Uh, the, the philosophy is one of controlling what you can control. You know, and you hear a lot of coaches talk about that. We're not going to have 
most talented team every year. We're not going to have the fastest kids or the biggest kids. And when I was at Brentsville District, we didn't have that either. But the things that we're able to control in our program here at Deep Run is our effort and our attitude. You can have a championship effort every day. You can give championship attitude every day. And that's how you grow and get better. That's how you really find a way to push above and beyond what you think you're capable of. And again, these are a lot of inexperienced kids. We're asking a lot of these young men to do things that they've never been asked to do before, even if they're seniors, even if they're juniors. Uh, it's a gift in a lot of ways because it's a chance for them to kind of put their stamp on deep run football. It's, it's rare to come into an established school like Deep Run, and it's almost like you're starting a program anew because of COVID, because of everything that's been going on. You know, that, that spring season, so many of we graduated 17 starters, so five starters return out of a pretty solid group from that last year. You get to redefine what you want the program to be. And, you know, I'm fortunate as a head coach to come into that situation, and these kids are hungry. They're, they're one of the hungriest groups I've ever worked with. They want to prove that they are capable of continuing the success that was had here and building upon it. And I know that you understand the lay of the land in the area. Right. Um, we, it's going to be a very interesting season in the western end of Henrico County Absolutely. with you coming on board here with the Wildcats. Uh, P.J. Adams moving from to have a very successful run at T.J. Sure. over to Mills Godwin. Coach Jones is building something good at Glen Allen. And Douglas Freeman's a perennial power. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun Friday nights and almost kind of pseudo-elimination as the regular season progresses as you try to grab one of those top eight spots in what is now known as Class 5 Region C. No, you're exactly right. You know, Highland Springs, deservedly so, is the class of the region. Yep. And uh, until they're knocked off, they are the man. And then they, <laughs> Coach Johnson and those guys over there, they deserve all the accolades that come along with that. We have to focus on ourselves. You know, just no disrespect to Glen Allen or Hermitage or, or any of the other schools that you just mentioned. They all have good coaches and good kids that are working hard, and we're going to be one of the most inexperienced teams in the region. So it's fun to sit on the whiteboard and think where you need to be record-wise at the end of the year to get into the tournament. But uh, we really just have to take it day by day here at Deep Run and focus on ourselves. You know, the amount of growth that we have between today and our first game and then every week after that, that's really how we're going to measure our success and how good we are this year. So obviously the postseason's a goal, uh, but we, we really just need to focus on ourselves and take it one week at a time. The kids hear me say all the time, the most important game of our season is the next one. Yep. And that's the focus, and the focus is Mechanicsville right now. That's right. And, and even before Mechanicsville, you'll have a couple of opportunities to scrimmage. What's your schedule look like between now and opening night? Sure. So we only scrimmage ourselves this year uh, on this week. We only have one scrimmage. We'll scrimmage against ourselves in our squad on Friday night. And then we have Goochland coming in on oh. Thursday the 19th. So that'll be a good test for us. Uh, ironically, Goochland was the last team I played as the head coach at that, Brentsville in the regional semifinals. That's right. So it, it's kind of weird to to have like uh, and you know just watch the game from the spring and, and that's the idea you know. But Coach Fruth, I know him pretty well and I respect Alex a good bit. He does a great job over there and uh, we're excited to have them come out and we'll probably scrimmage them moving forward. I think that's a good fit for us and. Uh, they'll be our one main scrimmage this year, mm -hmm. and uh, then we head into Mechanicsville. On the 26th, which we'll be here live for that on the RBA Sports Network. Before I let you go, Coach, give me a sense of, of the, the kind of the culture, the atmosphere of high school football, where you came from. Sure. Uh, further northern Virginia. Here in the 804, people love to talk about 804 versus 757, <laughs> uh, but you don't hear a whole lot of talk about it. And there is some tremendous, tremendous football 
up in the northern part of the state. How's the culture up there? Give me us and the listeners a sense of that. Well, I'll be honest. When it comes to where I came from at Brentsville District, it's unique to any other school in Northern Virginia because it was a 3A school mm-hmm. or a Division three school and obviously Class 5 down here with Deep Run. Right. Most of the schools in Northern Virginia are either Class 5 or Class 6. So I was fortunate enough at Brentsville to have an experience almost like, you know, the Friday nights, shut down the lights, the town shuts down, uh, we're all going to the game. You know, Brentsville did a remarkable job with their culture of uh, having the town really invested in the team. And that continues on here. You know, I think that Richmond does a tremendous job media-wise, you included, uh, covering high school football, and that's a testament to Richmond. There's just so many more schools. Yeah. Uh, I think Region 6, or uh, Class 6, two of the regions are one county, Fairfax County. So, uh, you know, it's just so much more populated up there. And, yeah. Down here, obviously 5C is most of the most of the Richmond areas in 5C, but you got some in six south of the river. You yep. got some in four with Verina and, and the Hanover schools. So, you know, it, it's really kind of a different mix. Most of the schools up in Northern Virginia are six. Some of the Loudoun schools are five or four. Uh, but it, it's really kind of interesting comparing it to where I was, that small town kind of feel that I really enjoyed in Noakesville with Brentsville. Uh, down here, it's a similar concept, just in a much more contained space, if that makes sense. You, you're in a distinct deep run area, yeah. <laughs> and then you cross one road, and now you're into Godwood. Right. But, but those neighborhoods and that pride, it's still very prevalent. So that makes Richmond unique, at least in my first few weeks down here permanently. Yes, and you'll find out as Friday nights go on this season when you face the Godwins and the Freemans and the, and the Glen Allens, just how, uh, uh, just how big the rivalries can Absolutely. be. Absolutely. No doubt. No, I'm excited about that. You know, uh, you mentioned Godwin earlier. I know that's a big rivalry. Uh, Glenn Allen with uh, Coach Jones, they've done a tremendous job over there building up that program. Uh, the west end of Richmond has good football, yeah. you know, and obviously Highland Springs remains the standard as well they should. Uh, like I said earlier, they earned that, but, you know, here in the west end, we, we ha- we've done some good things too. And I think that, you know, the history of Deep Run is one where we've had some success, but it's about finding sustained success and keeping it going and, and maintaining it. And that's going to be my goal, taking what Coach Hornick did and building upon it and making it so that every year you can expect Deep Run football to be a tough, hard-nosed group of kids that are going to be physically fit, mentally tough. Those things travel. You know, Talent comes and goes, but mental toughness can always be there. No doubt. Hard to believe, almost 20 years of deep run football and looking forward to opening night for 2021. We'll be here live broadcasting the 26 against Mechanicsville. Head coach Joe Mullinax, thanks so much for being with us here on the podcast. I appreciate you coming out, taking the time to uh, check out what we're doing here at Deep Run. It's appreciated. Anytime, you're welcome. Great times, good conversation with uh, both head coaches, Joe Mullinax at Deep Run, Kevin Tucker, oh man, into a second decade now. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that, that we lost Vic Williams over a decade ago. It uh, really, really is. But, boy, what a job Coach Tucker's done down, down there in Chester. And they, they're, they're going to have some horses, I'm telling you. And they're going to need them with Oscar Smith, of course, still the cream of the crop in their region and really in their class. Um, but they're going to give them their best shot. And, and, and Coach you know, alluded to it in our conversation having a chance to see them in the postseason in that abbreviated uh, spring 2021 season uh, was a good thing for his young Knights. It's going to give them an opportunity to really truly understand firsthand what it takes and what level you have to reach if you want to make it all the way to December the 11th uh, down at Old Dominion University. That's where the Class 5 and Class 6 state championships will be played this year. Class 3 and Class 4 at Liberty University. 
and Class 1 and Class 2 down at the uh, football stadium in Salem at the Salem uh, Complex. they got the football stadium, the Civic Center, etc., etc. And again, that's Saturday, December the 11th. All right, everybody, thanks so much for being with us. Next time on In the Red Zone, more conversations with uh, football coaches as we get set for the 2021 season. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Randolph-Macon football as that's on the horizon. Looking forward to bringing you that coverage beginning September 4th. We travel with them up to Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania uh, for opening day in just a few weeks. So we'll be talking about Randolph-Macon and the ODAC as well. And we'll make an announcement on what our September 2nd online exclusive High School Football Friday night broadcast will be. A special Thursday edition. Lots of good games on the docket that night. Where will we be? We'll tell you about it on the next edition of In the Red Zone. Rob Witham, thanks so much for being with us. And don't forget to follow the RBA Sportsnet on social media if you haven't done so already on Twitter at the RBA Sportsnet. And hyper-local coverage you won't find anywhere else on our three uh, suburban county Twitter feeds at Hanover Sports, the one that started it all, at Henrico Sports and at Chesterfield Sports. Don't forget those. And uh, we're kind of rebooting our Instagram feed uh, here as we get set for all the action to start. So if you don't follow us yet on Instagram, it's going to be a good idea to do so. We're going to put in a lot of photos, a lot of videos there. Uh, Instagram.com slash RVA Sports Network or just search RVA Sports Network on Instagram. Like us there for all of the action. And we're back next week with another edition of In the Red Zone. Thanks so much for being with us. Rob with them saying have a great week, everybody, and hydrate. <laughs>